I like to start every term talk with a little life lesson, right? And this is like, don't mess with the sticks. Uh, sticks are good. So good morning and welcome back. I hope you all had a wonderful Thanksgiving holiday. It's always a really long stretch between the beginning of the year. This is weird to be in this room. I, I feel like uh, I prefer the chapel, but everybody tells me that the seats are not that comfortable. So you're welcome. Uh, I'm proud of our community. I'm really proud of the way everybody managed uh, the fall. It's hard. It's a long fall, an exam week, right? A little ripple for getting through exams. You did it. So I very much enjoyed my time as well. Uh, it's a little hard as the head of school to fully disconnect, but I was able to get off my email, uh, be with my family, and reconnect. It felt uh, really, really nice. So sadly, I will also say at the beginning of the term, our beginning of the break, we also had to say goodbye to a really dear friend of ours and a longtime colleague at Mercersburg Academy, Mr. Jacqueline. And I think some of you know Mr. Jacqueline or knew Mr. Jacqueline uh, who passed away. He's a class of 1996 and he's, he'd been here for quite a number of years before moving down to Virginia two years ago. Uh, but he lost uh, a five-year battle with brain cancer. Um, it was really uh, a significant loss for us. He loved Mercersburg. He was a transformative teacher and coach. Mr. Jacqueline was as strong and as determined as they come. He also knew something about building culture and about treating others with dignity and with respect, something he was masterful at with a wrestling program he ran for many years. More on why that's important later in today's talk. For now, just please join me for a moment of silence to acknowledge the significant loss for our community. I hope we all took the time to consider what it is that we are grateful for. It's very customary at our house, like in so many other homes, to sit around the dinner table and say thanks and to express our gratitude and try and embody the spirit of the Thanksgiving holiday. Uh, my brother, as a side note, when we were kids, whenever it would be his turn, he would name everything possible. It would take him about 10 minutes to say what he was thankful for, simply so that I would have nothing left to say. So try that with your younger siblings. It's great. Uh, quick way to get angry at Thanksgiving. Um, I like the spirit of Thanksgiving, but I will tell you that the origins of our holiday that we celebrate are not particularly glamorous. In fact, we've deeply romanticized the original Thanksgiving event over the last 300 years. So as you know, it centers around the story of the Mayflower Voyage, which was a ship that set out from Plymouth, England for the Virginia colony in the New World. Of the roughly 100 passengers and 30 crew that were aboard, nearly 40 of them were members of a religious separatist group that had broken from the Church of England. They were what we call the pilgrims, right? We often talk about them when telling this tale. So these pilgrims were from a radical Puritan faction called the English Shepherdist Church that had illegally broken from the Church of England, and they were religiously persecuted, so they fled to the Netherlands in the early 1600s. The New World, right, offered them an opportunity for economic success, and freedom from religious oppression, all in an English-speaking land. So when the Mayflower arrived in the New World, it ended up landing really far north of their original destination in the Virginia colony. It actually arrived near present-day Cape Cod, Massachusetts, and the first winter was a disaster. They lived primarily on the ship, and only 53 passengers of the 100 survived, and only about half the crew made it. Only five of the 19 women that had originally set out made it. It's, uh, slim, slim numbers. They built a small settlement on land after the Mayflower departed and their misery continued. That is, until they encountered the Wampanoag tribe, some of the original inhabitants of the area. So the Wampanoag chief, right, offered the new arrivals 
an informal alliance and provided guidance on how to survive off the land in exchange uh, for protection and alliance against their rivals, the Narragansetts. So as the story goes with all of our early colonists, the alliance only lasted as long, it was, uh, as long as it was a benefit to the new settlers. Colonial land expansion, disease, exploitation of resources led to a war that devastated the already diminished Wampanoags and shifted the balance even further toward the European colonizers. Not a great story when told through an historically accurate lens. That being said, the glorified tale we all learned as kids does emphasize an important message. Well, many of us learned. It's one of a group of people that were not free to think and believe what they wanted to, so they bravely set out to establish a new community where they could be free from persecution. They sought a home where they felt a sense of place, a sense of belonging. So this does nothing to excuse the fact uh, that there was destruction and tragedy that followed in the years after the Mayflower arrived in Plymouth, but it's hard to find fault in the pilgrim's desire to find a safe place to live and prosper. There's a saying that goes something like, be careful not to throw the baby out with the bathwater. I'm not sure who dumps out their bathwater with a baby in it, but uh, regardless. In this case, although the true story of Thanksgiving marks the beginning of an incredibly troubling chain of events, the lessons embedded in the way we decided to fashion the tale should not be ignored. I assume we all know, right, to varying degrees, what it's like to be somewhere where we feel like we don't belong. To be with people who make us feel othered or like we do not fit in. Our school theme this year is a sense of place, and considering this in conjunction with the Thanksgiving story, I began to ask myself if one could ever truly feel a sense of place without also feeling a sense of belonging. And I'm not sure you can. So perhaps this feeling of not belonging comes as a result of some element of our social location, our personality, our viewpoints, or a variety of other factors, or perhaps it comes from the situation, community, or culture we are entering. Either way, we know the effects can be highly detrimental. Lacking a sense of belonging can lead to anxiety, depression, and other mental health concerns. It diminishes dignity, compounds existing challenges, and denies equitable access to opportunities, advantages, resources, and more. So being a teenager is not always easy, right? Most of you are still trying to figure out exactly who you are, what you believe, and where you fit in. My high school experience in many ways was idyllic. I was a standout athlete, a good student, and I was well-liked by most. That being said, it was also an incredibly difficult period of time. I remember walking through the hallways worrying about what others were thinking about me when they looked at me, only to later find out they were worried about the very same thing themselves. I remember masking parts of my own personality out of the fear that they would not be welcomed or celebrated by my peers. Instead of pursuing acting, for example, which was a source, uh, which is something I had a great interest in, I doubled down on sports, which was a great source of social capital in my small town. Instead of truly challenging myself academically, I pushed only hard enough to get good grades, but never hard enough to risk being too intellectual or considered too nerdy. In order to maintain my position of the social hierarchy of a public high school in a blue-collar community, I even had to engage in my share of fistfights, always hiding just how scared I really was when those moments arrived. Underneath the surface of what appeared to be a quintessential high school journey was the hard truth that I only allowed myself to be as authentic as would be acceptable to those around me. I'm a little ashamed to admit it, but it is the truth. I used to think it was about trying to be popular, uh, but I later saw it maybe for what it really was. It was about being socially, emotionally, and physically safe. It was about going along to get along. It was about surviving high school, even if it meant sacrificing the parts of myself 
in order to do so. When I arrived at Holderness School in 1998, I was, um, as my kids remind me, that's the 1900s, I was ill-prepared for the nature of the community that awaited me. It didn't take me long to recognize that I was not at a typical high school. The students I met were so open and honest and vulnerable. They talked about their ideas. They celebrated their academic achievements. They embraced artists and athletes and intellectuals alike. It was surreal, and initially, I'll be honest, I was really skeptical. That is certainly not to say there wasn't any drama or social struggles, but it felt much safer than anywhere I'd been before. This was never more evident than it was when one of my classmates, an openly gay student that had just come out the year before following an immense struggle, lip-synced to Britney Spears' Oops, I Did It Again at a school meeting. As I looked around the crowd, they were not laughing, they were not jeering, but instead they were clapping and they were cheering. I remember calling my mom that night from a payphone in the basement of my dorm to tell her all about it. I told her how amazing it was and how grateful I was to them for making that experience possible for me. At the opening of school term talk this year, I spoke about the cultivation and maintenance of our community's culture. I made the point that tending to the culture of Mercersburg is a responsibility shared by all of its members without exception. If you remember, I said that culture is what we will and what we will not tolerate from one another and from ourselves. So as we think about Mercersburg and our responsibility to making it the best possible community it can be, anything we build here must be based on a foundation of safety for every member. We have all traveled here, whether from near or from far, to find our sense of place, to feel a sense of belonging. If not here, then where? Certainly not at my public school in Washington State, nor at most of the high schools across the world. We can be different, maybe we must be different, and truly we are different. But if we're, what we are not is perfect. We can always improve, and there are people sitting in this room right now that do not feel entirely safe do not feel like they entirely belong. And none of us should rest until that is not the case. It is in many ways an endless pursuit, but one that is worth the effort. So what does that mean for each of us? I think we first need to acknowledge that everyone in this room deserves to be here. Everyone in this room belongs at this school. And, this should, uh, and should feel a genuine sense of belonging in this community. No member, not me, nor anyone else is more important or more valuable than any other member. It does not matter what you believe, where you come from, what you look like, how well you perform on stage, on the field, or what grades are on your transcript, you belong. Sometimes, however, it does not feel that way, and this is where you come in. Pause for a moment to think about a time when you felt like you really did not belong. And don't fool yourselves into believing you've never experienced anything like that. Remember the discomfort the anxiety it produced, and the impact it had on you as you tried to navigate through that situation. I remember the extreme discomfort during my first week at Holderness when I did not feel wealthy enough, smart enough, or cultured enough to be there. For some of you, it may be a time when you found out that someone you trust was speaking poorly about you behind your back. Or it happens in a class when someone says something that marginalized you based on part of your identity, affirming the existing fear you had that you are indeed out of place. Maybe it's something entirely different, but the outcome is the same. Nobody should have that experience. And here's the great secret. Nobody has to, especially not when we care so much for one another. There are many ways to foster a sense of belonging, and I cannot touch on all of them. But as you leave the Bergen Center this morning, I would like for you to consider the following. One, how will my words or actions impact those around me? 
Will they be used to build them up or to break them down? How would I feel if the same things were said about me? Two, can I be trusted? Can others trust that I will treat them with the same dignity and respect that people like Mr. Jacqueline treated people with? Do they believe I have their best interests at heart? Can they be entirely themselves around me without fear of judgment or fear of ridicule? Three, can I look through someone else's lens? Am I willing to take the time to consider what it is like to walk in someone else's shoes? Can I see beyond, beyond the limitations of my own perspectives and views and try to share in the experiences of those around me? And four, am I open to others' opinions, perspectives, interests, and pursuits? Do I accept people for who they are, even if they are different from me? Do I want others to be happy, regardless of what they choose to do or not do, regardless of who they love, regardless of what they are good at or not good at, regardless of whether or not they share my same interests and opinions? Whether fleeing religious persecution or just trying to navigate the complicated waters of adolescence, it is in our nature to seek a sense of place, to crave a sense of belonging. We want to be somewhere safe, safe enough to be our true selves, safe enough to admit that you love musicals, that you played with stuffed animals, that you listen to science fiction podcasts, that you love to learn, that you still play video games, or that you're super scared of snakes and spiders. All of these things are true for me. Please do not take this responsibility lightly. We can learn so much from one another and grow in unimaginable ways, but only if we can feel safe enough to bring our full selves to the table all the time. It's a winning proposition. Don't look back 25 years from now wishing you would have treated someone better or acted with more kindness or been more inclusive and caring. Regret is an empty feeling that can never be filled. Choose to do what it takes to foster a culture of belonging and challenge your peers to do the same, one snow stake at a time. It's what our community deserves and it is what we each deserve. Thank you.